0: Time for loud pipes—the podcast centered around motorcycles, the motorcycle experience, and other automotive diversions.
1: Recording from Ardov Studios in Charlotte, North Carolina,
0: or wherever
1: sufficient bandwidth can be located. Here's Rich Warfield and Rico
2: Hogan.
0: Loudpipes Pipes episode 58, and we've had our first taste of the Milwaukee 8. Rico, what's up,
1: man? What's hey. happening, my friend? What are you up to
0: tonight? Oh, getting ready for another good episode. I've, I'm have i one margarita in, and I've got my beer on my side, so I'm ready to roll. I heard that, Pimpin. What's John up to? Just, just hanging out here, guys. Wait and see what we're going to talk about
2: tonight. All right.
1: Well, let's get a crack lack like it. So, Rico, how you been? What are you, what are you drinking tonight? Well, I'm drinking a Bacardi and Coke tonight. Nice. That's what I had in the last show, so watch out there now.
0: Watch out. Stand back, folks. Stand back. Oh, no. How <laughs> I many
2: you've had so far, Rico? Two. Count them. Oh, One, two. Boy. Uh, Johnny, you're, you're beerless tonight? Yeah, I didn't make it out to the store. You know, we got this gas shortage, so, you know, I got to be careful on how far I go. Oh, where? there's a gas shortage. Yeah, there's there was a gas line that broke uh, south oh, of
0: Birmingham, Birmingham or
2: Alabama, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember now. Yeah,
0: so that's affecting you way up there. Yeah. a yeah, yeah, really? the gas. Oh, yeah. That's all the gas in this area comes up through that pipeline. So get out of here. Yeah, so all right, what's, gonna,
1: the, what's the What's the gas price up there? Just curious.
0: It was only about two bucks, but if you can get it now, I guess people are running it out.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of places. The gas station down the street for me was out of had gas this morning. Then lunchtime they were out, and then when I came home they had gas, and they jumped up fifteen cents. Um, some places here in North Carolina decided that they needed to gouge and charge almost five dollars a gallon. What? Uh, now they heard or saw that some places were charging almost fifteen dollars a
0: gallon. Yeah, which the state will crack down on that pretty soon.
1: Wait, 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 wait! Did you say fifteen dollars a gallon? Yeah, for gas. Where yeah. is this
2: at? Someplace here in North Carolina. They somewhere charged. in North Carolina. Yeah, they did gouging. Get out!
0: <laughs> supply, supply and demand, my friend. Yeah, I guess so. All right. Well, we might not have any gas, but I do have beer. <laughs> Sorry, John.
2: Uh, the latest thing I had to say is that I heard they got the gas line fixed and they should be start pumping tomorrow.
0: All right. I was going to say this better not step on barber. Mm mm. Well, I know, right? Get down to Birmingham and can't get no gas, <laughs> right? Guess we'll have to stay. <laughs> yeah. Uh well, I'm I'm going over to the extreme side tonight. Uh extreme. Stone Stone Brewing is known for their insane IPAs. And I'm trying something new called Delicious IPA. It is coming in at 7.7% alcohol. It's a citrus i p a with lemon drop and Eldorado hops. drop it like it's hot, drop, drop it like it's hot, hot. <laughs> now they're 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 talking about something about reducing the gluten in this thing i don't I don't really know what the deal is there. I mean, I know there are people that are allergic to it and sensitive to it, but they've got this pleasant citrusy i p a and there's some blurb on the back about reducing gluten, so if, if that's your thing, you may want to check this one out it's a good a good i p a that may have less gluten in it. How's that
1: interesting i you know I have had uh a uh, a grapefruit beer,
0: mm-hmm,
1: it was really citrusy uh which is was, it wasn't too bad actually i think uh who who makes that
0: ah yeah it'll grapefruit. come to me later. yeah in the middle of the show, you'll be belting it out yeah, anyway, moving on all right that's it for beers so. Let's get into some new topics. And an appropriate sound for our first topic. (laughs) Uh So as we said in the opening, we got our first taste of the new Milwaukee 8 engine from Harley Davidson or motor, if you prefer to say motor. And we had a nice little, I guess they're calling it a pre-open house demo here at Charlotte. So there was an open house, or there is an open house, sorry, coming up this coming weekend, which is is nationwide for Harley. But some dealers, I guess, had this sort of pre-open house where they were also running demo rides of the 2017 fleet. And of course, that fleet includes the new Touring bikes that have the new Milwaukee 8 engine, both the 106 cubic inch and the bigger 114 that's in the CVOs. So that's what we did, Rico. <laughs> I, rode, I rode your big girl over there, which we talked about. Oh, yeah. Give, you know, let her gallop a little bit. And just to kind of get that back-to-back comparison, I figured, let me take the Roadmaster and then let me go straight for the Ultra when I get there.
1: Were you able to do that?
0: And that's what I did. First bike, 2017 Ultra Limited with a twin-cooled 107 cubic inch Milwaukee 8. Bad boy.
1: Now you know I got to ask. I s. to <laughs> ask. Got to ask.
0: Yes, sir. How, how was it? How was it?
1: Uh, let's well, see. Not, my, not, not my Where do I bike? start? Not my bike. Let's, let's start. talk about the motor.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, let's first back up on the the motor a little bit. So we we previewed this in a prior episode, I think just before our anniversary show. Episode 55. 55. Thank you, John. No problem. So we're now looking at four valves per cylinder, still push rod actuated, single cam now, and pretty much a whole new engine from the bottom up. So enhanced um, charging capacity, cooling throughout. They're all oil cooled now. And if you get a bike that has lowers on it, like the Ultra that I was riding, or the CVOs, then those are also oil and water cooled. And that's, you know, the marketing name for that is twin cooled. So this being an Ultra Limited was twin cooled. So I had the heat exchangers down in the lowers, and I also had, you know, the oil cooling that's in in the rest of the bikes as well. So that's, that's the mill, if you will. And just to kind of go back in history, the twin cam that precedes it. Was the traditional two valves per cylinder, and they also had twin cooled versions of those up in the touring bikes, especially in the things like the Ultra that we're going to talk about in a second, and also the CVO bikes. So, is that what you're looking for, Rico?
1: Set, that, set the stage. You just said, that you said it. You set it. Now let's sit down and and, and enjoy it. Soak, talk it about a bit. Yeah. soak it in this Harley. Yeah.
0: Soak it in. Enjoy it. And let it tantalize. That's the biggest change, I think, for 2017. They also spend a lot of time in the marketing material talking about suspension changes, mainly the, I think they call it a dual reflex shock in the front, and John will get the marketing name on that for me, and the rear shocks now have the preload adjuster that you can do by hand, so you don't need a tool, you just pop the bags off and you can adjust the preload on the rear shock, so that's pretty cool, but so- I... W- Oh, I was just going to say my overall feeling of the bike just after, you know, a couple minutes in the saddle is it's basically just a refinement of last year. I mean, it doesn't feel like a radically new bike. It's just, it's another revision forward to a pretty nice piece that they already had. So, you know, people that are, you know, looking at this bike, you know, with it being balanced now and or partially balanced, we'll get to that. Um, partially counterbalanced and all that thinking, ah, it's not going to be the same. It's a lot like the same bike from last year, just wow, you know it has more power, seems to have more grunt off the line, it revs freer, it sounds about the same, you know, still makes a nice noise. there's still vibration there, not as much, but there's still plenty of vibration there, and it's it's still a nice bike, just a nice revision, you know, a nice step forward, I would say,
1: huh, interesting, so you you knocked off two
0: of my questions, so <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Sorry. (laughs) Well, what were you thinking about and why? Maybe that'll spark some other thoughts here.
1: Okay. So, yeah, you talked about the shimmy of the motor. Yep. So was it less profound in this model or about the same?
0: Yeah, much less because the, the bike I rode second was the the Dyna Lowrider S, which has the 110 cubic inch twin cam rubber mount. Okay. So that was rocking and rolling. <laughs> I mean, that was shaking like crazy. Oh, man. All right. So you
1: rode that one. I did. Yep. Was it right after the Limited?
0: The Dyna was right after the Limited. Uh, about a 40 minute break because I, I kind of wanted another touring bike, but they were all taken. So it was either wait a long time for a touring bike or wait a little bit longer to get on the low rider S. Mm-hmm. So I opted for the low rider and then of course, rode the big girl to OMB.
1: <laughs> okay. So <laughs> the low rider, tell me about that one.
0: You're going to skip over the ultra just like that.
1: You just, Oh, well, all right. All right. We'll go back. <laughs> and we'll go back. Sorry. <laughs> all right. So, so you know, I, cause, cause Dave, 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 Dave has the ultra limited. So I'm pretty much familiar with that one. So,
0: you know. Is that a 15, 14? Do you remember?
1: I think it's a uh, 14. It's a 14. Okay. So I know you didn't get to see, I don't know if you, did you, were you able to see his at all? So I'm pretty sure it's the same. It was a, You rode the gray and black one?
0: Yeah. Matt Gray, Matt Black. And I've, I've ridden Dave's bike, if you recall.
1: Oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. All right. So no big difference there. The same ergonomics, the same yep. blah, 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 just different motor.
0: Yeah, same, same comfortable package. You know, all the controls, you know, everything you're used to. The, you know, nav and and tech packages is still the same from everything I could tell. Now, the Ultra, I will say, had a taller windshield than the Street Glide and the Road Glides that I've ridden. And initially I was thinking, oh, damn, it's got a tall windshield. I'm going to have to look through it. It's going to suck. But no, it was actually below my sight line. It was pleasing. And I, I will say the buffeting was considerably reduced uh, some of the things some of the things i was reading said that they have changed the arrow on the fairing a little bit again so i th- i think that's helped even though i never got the bike over about 55 maybe 60 so we were mainly on side roads
1: Huh. and did you did you recognize that that little there's a little vent yep. on
0: those behind the window the windshield was that open or closed i started with it closed purposely and then I opened it about halfway through the ride. But like I said, we were never really at speed to where I don't think it would have mattered. Okay. I don't think it would have made a difference, but I did open it. And I've, I've got video of the ride that we're going to throw up. Um, throw up? <laughs> we're going to post <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're going to post that uh, on YouTube, at least for, for the patron group. I don't know if it'll be public, but we've got some video at least.
1: Cool. So, all right. So, going back to the limit it. Weight-wise, maneuverability between my bike and that bike, what are, your, what are your key differences that you notice riding the two back-to-back like you did?
0: So, I have to give you one little anecdote, anecdote. Jeez, I can't talk tonight, <laughs> before yeah. I get to the comparisons, all right. which is when I started out with your bike, I wasn't really enjoying it. And you and I okay. talked about the tire pressure. Some of it might've been that. I was like, ah, it yeah. just feels kind of squishy. It's not really, it's not really buttoned down. But after riding the ultra and then hopping back on your bike, I didn't feel that. So of course the tires would have built up heat throughout the day and, and the ride leaving the dealership. But then, you know, after riding the ultra, I felt like your bike felt so much better to me. I don't know what it was, but when I first left the house, I was like, ah, geez, I hate this thing. But then <laughs> after riding the ultra, I'm like, oh, I love this thing. It, it was really weird.
1: <laughs> well, it's it's weird, especially because I don't know when the last time you had it out. Um, I don't know if the actual tire pressure indicator was on or if you had the the tire pressure gauges displaying the, the the pressure in both tires.
0: Yeah, they both started but, at uh, 32 when I left. Okay.
1: So yeah, that's kind of low, and there should be a like a little yellow indicator indicating that you need tire pressure.
0: Yeah, pressure. In. There was. So that's yep. the probably
1: yep. when you're being. Yep. So yeah. So normally after after you've ridden it for a while, the one retires up, the tire pressure goes up, the squishiness goes away. If you not, if you don't have access to a, yeah, uh,
0: a, a air pump or anything. And they, did. yeah, yeah, they were. It was thirty six and thirty seven. As I got out onto Independence, leaving the dealership, and it's not really much of a twisty road. But once I did get to some turns, as I got towards uptown. And then, of course, getting off towards OMB, you know, it did feel much better than earlier. And I think that was just it. It was just a little low on pressure. It just kind of wallowed in the front. And it's kind of cool. I'm kind of proud of myself for recognizing that. I was like, huh, feels like the tires are soft.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, at that that, that tire pressure, yeah, it is a little (laughs) soft. I normally put two pounds in it before I pull out, especially if it's been sitting for a
0: while. Yeah, and I like wasn't. Tips, I just yeah. wasn't sure what what the starting pressure was supposed to be, and mm-hmm. so all right, now we know. But okay, so a couple things back to back. So Indian Roadmaster, yours is a 15, right? 2015. Yep. And this, of course, is a 2017 Ultra Limited. The first thing that hit me was it's a little more tidy in the Ultra, meaning it's just not as big a bike like really no other way to describe it i felt <laughs> just a little more cramped in the legs and a little more cramped in the the arms now not uncomfortable i'm not saying i was like squished up like i was on a scooter but i immediately could feel okay the position here is a little tighter um in the handling department i have to give a slight edge i think to the harley side it did seem a little more crisp and just in general a little more buttoned down I got to throw in the caveat of the tires, so, you know, take that for what it is. And it, I would say it was probably pretty much even on my second ride. So, but still, just a, maybe an ever so slight edge on the Harley side. And I think some of that, Rico, you and I have talked, I think comes into the tires. Harley runs yes. a pretty small sidewall. Low profile. Um, yeah, yeah, on that front tire. So it's going to be a little more crisp, um, but just get a little more jolting through the bar. So. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I, I take that back. I have to check on the ultra. I know it's a real low profile on the street glide. I don't know if it's that low on the ultra. So, if you can check that real quick, John, I'll keep talking. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. That, that that brings up a good point because that is a heavier bike, and I'm pretty sure they probably would want to go with a thicker um, sidewall with those tires.
0: Yeah, and there's and that bike. right there. There's no bones about it with the when you go in the ultra category, you're full on touring like. Yep. Street glide is really more of a custom tour bike or, you know, I don't want to say for around town, but it's, you know, it's more for show. Right. It's more for a look. It's that custom look. It's more of an expression versus this is my bike that I'm planning on touring around the country with, which I'm sure people do. I'm not trying to knock that, but you can see just in the suspension, it's lowered in the back, lower profile tires. It's more for a look. It's more for style. Mm Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, so that was the first thing I felt is I was much more cramped in the legs and I didn't feel like I had as much mobility. Now, the thing I've gotten used to on the Roadmaster is when I first started riding it, um, since I've had it for a while, (laughs) is I, I never felt comfortable because my feet, I think, were too far back. Until I started pushing my feet forward on the floorboards, now I've gotten more comfortable. And I just found on the Harley, I couldn't do that. I felt like wherever my feet were planted, I didn't have as near as much mobility, especially with that the heel and toe shifter. Mm-hmm. So that that was a difference. I noticed that part right away. But it also didn't feel as heavy, and I'm not really sure why, but it didn't feel as heavy as a bike. But go ahead, Rico.
1: Now, I was going to say, were, were you able to use the highway pegs? And Did the Ultra come with
0: highway pegs? No, the Ultra didn't have any, no. Okay. And I haven't used them either. So there's no, no comparison there. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, that was kind of it. The motor, I think the motor is certainly smoother with the counterbalancer. Um, I'm not quite sure why Harley didn't just go all the way and balance the damn thing. Because to me, just seems like an annoyance. Like you went through the trouble of putting a counterbalancer in the engine, but it still shakes. Yeah. I mean, come on. If, if you're going to balance it, balance it and let's move on. Like, rip the band aid off and let's go. <laughs> That's kind of how yeah. I felt. It's like, it's kind of like the conversation with the Moto Guzzi. It's like, why did you have to engineer some shake back into the bike? Like, it's a smooth engine. Just leave it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that, that the, to the Harley enthusiast, you know, that rumble has always been there. So they want to leave that in there. That's a trademark for Harley, along with the, uh, yeah. Exhaust notes for that bike. So the shimmy and the exhaust is what makes Harley Harley.
0: Well oh, no, uh, I, along
1: with the badging.
0: Yeah, I get but, that. Yeah, you get it. You yeah. get
1: it. But uh let me just point it out for our
0: listeners. Yeah. No, I mean me personally, I I ride a soft tail, so it's already a balanced engine. So the shake to me is a change because my bike doesn't shake at all. It actually makes more vibration with the pipes than it does with the engine.
1: No, I I know my eardrums still yeah.
0: vibrate yeah.
1: right behind you.
0: So <laughs> I mean, that's just my personal preference. I mean, if I'm going to buy a touring bike and you're going to put all that time into balancing the engine, just balance the damn engine yeah, and be done with it. Yeah. It's like, oh, we added a counterbalancer, but we only reduced some of the shake. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like a waste. It's like, well, don't balance it. Put the en- rubber-mounted engine back in it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm curious to hear from some of our listeners as far as what they think about the Shimmy and the Harley motors.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you, you, yeah, especially if you're someone who really enjoys that and feel like you're going to miss it, I would really like to know what it is about that, that, that you find pleasing because when I ride something like a Dyna, to me, it's just a huge annoyance. It's like, the thing is just like shaking across the pavement. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't, and, and that, that 110, I'm, I'm sorry, that twin cam, that 110 inch twin cam is just, I just don't like that engine. No? I do not like that engine. This is the Screaming st- Eagle engine, you don't like it. This is the third bike I've ridden it in, and I don't still don't like it.
1: Wow. Okay. So what is it about it you don't like?
0: It's just rough. It's just rough, it's rowdy, it doesn't seem to provide that much more power over a, a nicely tuned 103. I don't get it. It's just a big lumpy twin cam.
1: Uh-huh. So it's more like fast and furious it makes a lot of noise but not really going anywhere
0: makes a lot of noise makes a ton of vibration and it just doesn't feel that much stronger like i said the 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 ride in may is perfect example road glide with the 103 beautiful package Mm. plenty of power you know very confident very comfortable cvo street glide with the 110 terrible i'm like what what is this thing like I'm expecting to to crank that 110 and just light my hair on fire, and it's like, eh, eh it's a little faster. Uh, it's like, eh, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna put an air cleaner on the 103 and probably get the same thing. Like, oh, I just don't get it. I don't get that engine. Wow. And maybe it's not for me. Maybe I'm just not the right guy. So, that's a possibility. So
1: where where does that leave you then? Where like you your mean? crickets? What do you mean? <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, you are a Harley guy. You're, you're the, the sequential, the, the guy that, you know, has all the gear and everything. So if you were to buy another Harley, which one would it be? Or would you even go to Harley direction?
0: Uh, probably the, the only one really singing to me right now would have to be the, well, there, I guess there's two. So the Road Glide right now would be the choice for a touring bike. Just Rogue Glide special standard. You know, if I get a leftover, it'd be the 103 high output or the new 107 Milwaukee 8. Um, you will get that motor. What's that? You will get the Milwaukee 8. The 107? Yeah, that was a nice engine. Yeah, I like that. All right, all right. Just yeah. clarify. I mean, I don't understand, like I said, I don't understand the point of not balancing, bal- balancing it the entire way, but it's still a nice engine. i am still ride it.
1: Okay, so it's not a, a, as of a nauseous motor as the Screaming Eagle. Okay, go right. on.
0: Yeah, this, a CVO Street Glide? No, would not buy that. I have, I have no use for that bike. All right. But uh, now I would like to ride the new 114 CVO, see what that's like. They say that hey, if you
1: don't like the, a ton of power. You, you don't like the 110, you wouldn't like the 14.
0: Yeah, but this is altogether a different engine, though.
1: Why is it so different?
0: Just the whole new architecture, more valves, it breathes better, revs quicker, has more low-end torque, is slightly balanced.
1: <laughs> ah. All right, so we got to add that to the list of bikes to ride while we in Birmingham.
0: Yeah, I wanted to ride it. Oh, I so badly wanted to to do the Ultra and then the CVO Ultra. That was my plan, because I wanted the base Ultra, then the CVO, and then the Indian all in the same day that's what i really wanted but mm-hmm. everybody else wanted to ride that bike too so
1: yeah no, that you know cuz that's cuz that's you know that's good for harley because those are the bikes that people are gonna yeah be buying shortly yeah if they're riding them that you know like they are now
0: yeah so street glide really, road glide head and shoulders their biggest sellers yeah so
1: kudos for them and that, you know they are probably just testing out motor to see if it's even worth upgrading to so you're saying it's not worth upgrading to is what i'm hearing
0: if i had if i had a road glide today with that 103 in it yeah i don't i wouldn't upgrade to the 107 i mean i would maybe look to a cvo for sure but yeah it's it's a small refinement to me if you've already got a nice uh 103 touring bike i think you have a nice package
1: all right what color would you get
0: Matt Black, of course,
1: <laughs> of course. <laughs> I just had to throw it out there. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. So I, I got to say, the ultra was speaking to me color wise. It was, I think they call it charcoal denim and black denim, which is, you know, hardly speak for matte finish, but cool bike, cool looking bike.
1: Awesome, awesome. So was was did you know? Did you play with the Infotainment Center at all? Not really. Did they make any? Did but, they make any upgrades to that?
0: The only thing I did was um, basically just turn the the station on. I listened to the radio just a little bit, and then I shut it off. It's not really my thing. But that's another nod I'll still give to Harley over Indian is the refinement, you know, the the attention to detail. Just every little piece on the Harley is just a skosh more refined. You know what I mean?
1: Even though it's not chromed.
0: Well, and you notice it in things like the switch gear. The switch gear, I find, on Harley's bikes are just, they're like Swiss watches. I mean, it's like a fine working piece. And then, you know, like the turn signal on on your bike, it's like, eh, it's like, what is this? You know, this is like, it's off of something like an 85 Yamaha. It's like, what is this thing? (laughs)
1: Yeah, you push it in to cancel. You know, you
0: know. No, I'm just kidding. But you know what I mean? There's some little things you pick up where you're like, Yeah, this Harley has got a piece that's been refined for decades, not a bike that's fresh off the assembly line, first generation.
1: I don't know. But I mean, you're on your your bike, you know, you got your turn signals on both handlebars. So you got your left and your right. Yeah, I love it. Instead of just having that one spot.
0: No, I love it. Yeah, one on each side. Never get confused. (laughs) (laughs) Never get confused which way you need to go. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, but I will say, I'm going to give um, Indian and the parent company Polaris some big props, because for a first-generation bike, that Roadmaster is one hell of a piece.
1: So, oh, I got uh, So, uh, the torque difference, pulling off, uh, all that, did you notice any big difference there?
0: Couldn't get a real good sense for it, but I would sure love to see this in your bike in a drag race. Oh, them fine words. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> I can't wait until somebody lines these up side by side because it's going to be good. Nice. It's going to be good. Yeah, it, it pulls strong off the line. And like I said, the the revs come on pretty quick and it seems to breathe a lot better than the older ones, which is, of course, one of the things they brag about. But But you can feel that in the seat. You can feel that it's a much freer breathing engine. All right. So that was nice. Yeah, nice, real nice mill, nice refinement. Um but if you've got a 103 touring bike, you know, maybe wait another year or two. Let them, you know, let them refine these a little bit, shake the early bugs out, you know, and then pick the one pick one up in a couple of years. I hear you. I hear you.
2: All right. Would you like- All right, move.
0: Hi, John. Do you like your
2: answers to your two questions? I have questions. Yeah, go ahead. So they are have moved to a Uh, A cartridge-style fork with new immersion shocks Um, from um, Shoei or Shoho. Showa. That's it.
0: Yeah. But what do do they call that? There's a marketing term for it. It's like, um, I got to look it up now because that's going to bug me. They don't have any name on that for you, Rich. scrolling. Scrolling.
2: So what was the other question he had there? Why he scrolls and looks and you want to know tire size? They are low profile tires on the low profile tires on the Harley. On which one? So but is it they- one thirty eighty B seventeen sixty five H's on the front and 180, 65, B sixteen eighty one H on the back.
0: No, but what I need is the I need the front tire on the Street Glide versus the Ultra. Because I, I don't think the Ultra is as low profile as the Street Glide. It didn't feel it, but I would like to see the number on it. Against what, the Street Glide? Yeah, Street Glide Front Tire and the Ultra Limited Front Tire. Front Tire. The sizes. Boer for boar. Stat. And and
2: <laughs> to answer a question, Jevy agrees that he doesn't he doesn't like the um, shake himself, so
0: there's one of our feedbacks. Okay. Nice. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I think... I'm not saying those bikes don't have a place like a Dyna. I mean, it's always, the Dynas have always been rubber mounted. So I think the Sportsters have been as well. So it just, that's part of the character of that kind of bike. But in the touring bike, especially when you're talking about fatigue and time in the saddle, I can't see how that's going to help you get more time in the saddle. Now, granted, it's mostly at idle. You know, it does, as soon as you get into the revs, it goes right away. But like I said, just to me, it seems like a pointless exercise to balance it and not really balance it.
1: You know what I like about the Harley-Davidson Limited, though? What's that? Is the space between your chest and the instrument cluster. It seems like there's a lot more space. In, and it feels like there's a lot more space between you and the bike uh, when you're riding it. Indian, it. it it's a little forward. Mm-hmm. So you feel somewhat claustrophobic there because of it. But with the Harley, the way they have it going across the top and everything, it just seems more open. Uh, I think there's a lot more airflow in that middle pocket between the tank and your chest and that, that little area there. Right. It, it feels like there's a lot more airflow in that area to me on those bikes. Would you agree or no? Did you notice at all?
0: Um, I don't think it's that much different than your bike. To be honest, I don't think it's, I certainly wouldn't say it's farther away than yours. Okay. I think what you're feeling on your bike is just the overall size. And that's what I felt. So I only did, I didn't go far. I only did like nine miles on the Roadmaster before I did the demo ride. But that I kind of immediately felt like, okay, this bike's a little smaller. Tidy, I think is the word I was using on the video. Tidy. Tidy, a little more compact.
1: The the ultra limited
0: the ultra limited Yep. Tiny compact <laughs> for a nine hundred eight pound bike <laughs> all in yeah that's where I was going <laughs> well compared to yours I mean they're all small bike
1: yeah that's true that's true
0: you know jeez I, mean, I don't know
1: yeah I, I'm gonna I, I, I'm I fear that I'm gonna struggle just with the weight getting back in the saddle you know from not riding it for so long i, I feel that i got to re reacclimate myself to the weight of that
0: bike yeah that's my that's my main beef with bikes like that is man i just don't want that much bike that is just so much weight and especially when you're talking about a low speed maneuver like just trying to move it around in the basement just feels like a chore yeah you know and, it I, is actually, a chore. and I actually um i hurt my ankle coming out of OMB i didn't mention that yet but I was kind of walking the bike a little bit and then I just caught the toe of my boot and like rolled my foot under that um, crash bar in the back. Oh, hell no. (laughs) Oh, that hurt hurt like a biatch. (laughs) Yeah, it's still a little sore today, but I was like, son of a bitch, that hurts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, don't do that
1: again. (laughs) Yeah, that sounded like it hurts.
0: Yeah, it really did. I was like, I hate moving this thing around at that low speed.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, you know, some guys who 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 have always ridden those bikes, like the trainers that you see just whipping these big bikes through the cones like nothing. Yep. And it always amazed me how they're they're just unafraid to just lean that bike and scrape it down. I know. You know, it's just, yep. just amazing to me. And just have that much confidence in knowing, you know, to look and turn, you know, scrape it and turn it the other way and scrape it and, and not have any fear. But when it's your baby, you don't want it scratched at all. You know, it's a fairly new bike to me. And, you know, and to do that, to lean it that far over, to scrape, to make a turn like that, uh, I'm not going to do all that. Maybe after I've had it for 30 years, you know, maybe. Uh, when I just don't give a crap anymore, or I'll <laughs> do stuff like that. But at this point in time, nah. You mm-hmm. know what I mean, though? I do. You know, when they do those old, like, uh, what are the the, the, the gold wings? Mm-hmm. They just, I don't know that's just me i'm I'm rambling sorry
0: yeah no i it's it, it is something to consider i mean once you get under underway then the weight amazingly just disappears on both bikes the ultra limited and your roadmaster once you're under power it's just it could be any bike in the world it's just the weight is just gone when you're out on the road yeah so i and then it becomes an advantage, I think, in certain situations where that weight kind of just helps plod down the road in a very confident fashion. Yeah, it just kind of
1: grounds you. I mean, yep. it gives you that, yeah, the wind's not affecting you as much
0: because it's so heavy. Ah, I don't like your bike in the wind. I still don't.
1: I still yeah, don't. no, really?
0: <laughs> I have no problems with it. There's so much surface area on the front of that thing that it just catches wind from all over the place. It's It's unsettling for me.
1: I, I I never feel that. I never feel that. And yeah. I've cru- you know I've cruised at 120 and just like
0: eh. no no I'm not I'm not talking about at speed. I'm talking about like you know you get hit with a crosswind or something. This is very unsettling for me I to have the happen- bike move with a, a crosswind or you know a car goes see, by and
1: see the thing. The difference for me is I've you know my the Yamaha is three eighty six something like that. That's a bike that's unnerving when the wind hits you unexpectedly, and you have to lean into the wind, almost into the wind, to kind of go down the street. Yeah, that's unnerving. You know, that's that's what you know. That's another reason I wanted a heavier bike, so I wanted to deal with that anymore. And you know, getting the Roadmaster has really almost eliminated that whole cross wind effect for me. Yeah, the old KLR uh, so was like that. <laughs> coming from my bike, it's a totally yeah. It, it, you know, on your bike, I could see where I, where. Um, you know, you're just comfortable on your bike as far as how to take those crosswinds because you've had it for so long. And I felt the same way on the R6, but at the same time, you you get more of that that initial hit and that, holy cow, that, that wind's heavy, and you have to lean into it on yep. an R6, where in this bike, I don't really have to lean into the wind at all.
0: Yeah, I also felt, so the lowers on this Ultra are a little more narrow than yours, And I think they've made a change, I need to go back and look at the prior year's model, but I think they've also made a change to where the radiators, um, or I think they call them heat exchangers, the way they exhaust out of the lowers, Mm -hmm. they have like a little, almost like a little scoop where it's pointed directly to the left and to the right of the bike. Versus the prior year models, those fans would come on and dump the heat right on your feet. And now they've got these little scoops that sort of shoot the air out straight from the bike both left and right. So I did notice that, especially when the bike was stopped, you know, we come back from a ride, shut the bike off, you hear all the fans cranking because they had quite a few, um, they had two ultra-limiteds. There was the regular one I had plus the low. There was a CVO ultra-limited. There was a CVO street glide, which also had the lower. So there were four, maybe five bikes that had the twin-cooled engines. So it was funny to hear a whole group of Harleys come back from a ride and then hear all these fans running. (laughs) It's, yeah. So it's not something you expect, right? From a, a Carlies. Right. Um but yeah, while I was sitting there, I was still on the bike while the fans were cranking and there was no heat on my feet. It was all going out to the sides. So I, I thought that was a nice little improvement. If you look at pictures of the bikes, you'll see it on the lower. If you look towards the top, right behind where kind of like the little pocket would be, you'll see a little scoop mm-hmm. that sticks out. Cool. So, so that was pretty cool. And we didn't get in any traffic to feel it, but I'm sure it was cooler than your bike. Most things are. Oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for sure.
1: That's the only gripe I have with those, <laughs> the Indians is the, just the motor, the heat from it. And I guess if you, if they ever did do like a dual co- cooling system, like Harley has done mm-hmm. that, uh, it would be that much better. Yep. You know. But, uh, for now, like that, I I, I've, I'm, pretty much used to it and i expect it so yeah i've moved on from it
0: yeah so yeah final thoughts and we'll move on to the dyna but i think um i think the bikes were pretty close in the last generation but i i have to say i think harley's probably got the edge now so indian's gonna have to go back to work yeah hey, to. that's why you know what that's why i'm glad they're there i love so it can, yep i love uh, it yeah yep the gen 2 roadmaster I i can't wait to see what they do Oh, yeah, what they've got too. up their sleeve. Because cause think about it, if you take your bike and just fix a couple of the little things you don't like, holy oh, cow, you know, like get the heat butter. under control, you know, like yeah. a little bit more on the fit and finish and yep. Yep. dynamite.
1: Yep. It would be dynamite. It would be. You know, even to Barbara, I've considered taking off the Rio Tour pack, but you know, with you guys needing me to carry so much stuff, I can't (laughs) leave it on, you know, because I just want to ride it without it, you know, just to experience that.
0: But uh, oh well, I got a backpack, I got beer, (laughs) got a trophy to carry.
1: (laughs) Trophy to carry, you know.
0: Well, the funny thing is, um, as I was sitting around thinking, after riding your bike, so we'll move off from Harley. So after the Harley demo ride, riding your bike up independence to OMB, then I really kind of settled into it. I think I've sort of, I've got enough miles on it now where I'm a little more comfortable where it's not like every corner is not like, Oh my God. Oh my God. It's more like, "Eh, yeah, this is okay. You know, I'm, I'm getting used to it. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking if I didn't have lowers on the bike, that might be all the difference. So I was like, ah, chieftain. There you go. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And what's nice about what the Indian, you can take those lowers off, you can take the bags off, and it comes off easily. So there's three bikes and one bike. That's right. With the Roadmaster,
0: you yeah, know? and so for now, na- easy to do. And for now, there's no plumbing in those lowers, so exactly. So that's that's a that's a plus. Yeah, for me, that's a that's a big plus. That's why if I'm going Harley, I think it would be Road Glide Special. And then if I want to add the Tour Pack, I will. If I want to add some kind of lowers, I will. But mm-hmm. once you get the Ultra or a CVO, you can't take those lowers off without removing the, the twin cooling system. Yeah. so that's, Who wants to do that? Yeah, I don't, at least in my current riding situation, I don't need that kind of bike. So I would strip it down for most of the, the year, and then I would bag it up when I need to go on a trip.
1: Now, what's interesting, uh, this is a teaser for the next show, is there's a product out there for guys who oh, baby. have heavy bikes, <laughs> but there's something that'll help them improve and be more confident with these bigger bikes as they get older and they have to manage a heavy bike as much. Right. So that's a teaser for the next show. So, All right.
2: Put a pin in it. Put a pin in so, it. So Rich, for your answer, the Showa uses SD, SDBV suspension technology
0: is what they're using in the front shocks. There's still a marketing name. I've got to find it. It's going to drive me crazy if I don't find it. Good luck finding it. Look in the show notes for 55. It's probably in there. Uh, We probably mentioned it as a feature. All right, I'll go look. And also to let you know, the front tire,
2: the rear tires between the Street Glide and the ultra are the same. The difference is the Street Glide has a 130-60, 19-inch and the Ultra has a 130 80
0: 17 inch. Bingo. So it is a bigger, it is a little more sidewall. Mm-hmm. Oh, dang. That's two. Uh, two? Now, since, since I can get
2: a word in here, since you rode what? the street what, John? glide. What? what? Okay. <laughs>
0: Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead.
2: <laughs> since you rode the street glide and now the Ultra, did you notice a temperature difference? Oh, you mean like in the saddle? Yeah, in the engine, because, you know, they made the new. Engine cooler. So, did you
0: notice it was cooler? Yeah, I don't know that we were in a situation to really test it. Um, that's what I was trying to tell Rico. Between the heavy heat from the Roadmaster and the heat of these bikes, it would have been nice to kind of get stuck in traffic. As much as that sounds terrible, but it would have been nice to get stuck in traffic just to feel okay. What does this thing feel like when we really slow down in traffic? And we just didn't sit long enough to really to really feel that. But I didn't, okay. I didn't notice any heat on my leg. Certainly not like the Roadmaster and, and uh, not like other ones that I've ridden. So it's probably better. I just, I just couldn't feel it out at this time. But thanks for asking, man. No problem. <laughs> All right. Dyna Lowrider Yes, The Lowrider S. Oh, now, this is a bike. I've wanted to ride this ever since it was launched. So it was new in 16 if I'm not mistaken. And we talked about it, wanted to ride it, never had a chance when I went in May for the demo, kind of spent the time on touring bikes again and, of course, rode my CVO Pro Street Breakout, which is a bike that I would trade my Deuce for, by the way, if you're wondering. Yeah, yeah. And I, I need one of those in my garage, too. Yes. Now, that's a bike where the 110 really shines. Oh, guess what? Because it's balanced. Okay, no. back to the dyno. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get my Harley card taken away. I
1: know.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, Lowrider S. So this one, Screaming Eagle 110 twin cam, rubber mounted. That's pretty much all you need to know about the engine. I've already said I don't really like that mill, because I think there's better engines that they've made that make as much power in a better way. So this bike was plenty quick. It's... It's not a very heavy bike. It's probably 600 or so pounds, if I had to guess. I don't think it's 700. I think it's lighter than my deuce. Um, the rocking and rolling on the engine, like I said, drives me crazy. And at this bike, the vibration doesn't really go away. Uh, somewhere around 2,000, it would be its smoothest. And then as you go past that, you would pick up vibration again. So if you like vibration, this is your baby, <laughs> I would say. Yeah. <laughs> Oh,
1: man so uh, all right so this is totally blacked out so black exhaust yeah black everything
0: yeah nice gold uh, wheels and yeah those mid controls I, don't know. I think those are mid controls boy that takes some getting used to at least for me really for you well because my bike has forward controls so my feet are out front and I did feel right, right, okay, yeah, yeah. that's
1: true, that's true, that's true, yep.
0: okay. I got to remember what your bike looks like. And I felt yep, a little yep, cram- yep. Oh. little cramped on this one. My knees were a little high overall, so it wasn't wasn't all that comfortable in the uh-huh. leg leg department. So
1: is that rear those rear shocks on the on this bike? Is it adjustable?
0: They are adjustable, and they surprisingly they don't have a lot of travel. But surprisingly, they were quite comfortable. So they did a good job of soaking up. The bad stuff in the road even though they don't travel very far so i was i was pleasantly surprised with that uh, the seat was pretty comfortable i didn't like the foot position and the bar position was a little too far forward uh from kind of for my taste so i would if i could bring the bars up on this bike a little bit and put the pegs out front even just two inches would probably be enough you know maybe just flip it to be forward controls and pretty uh pretty comfortable piece though. If I made those changes, but out of the box, then it, you know, then it'd be your bike. Well, yeah. And <laughs> it'd be back to a soft tail. <laughs> oh. uh, good brakes on this. Of course you got twin, uh, twin rotors up front. So good brakes. I took a stab at those a couple of times. So that was pretty nice. It uh, doesn't have the inverted forks like the pro street breakout, but, but handled, handled pretty well. I mean, for what you can tell on this kind of demo ride, it's really kind of pedestrian when you do this kind of thing, but. All
1: it, right, so, okay, so tell me the difference from people, from people that are listening. Tell me the difference that you think it, it, it makes to have that inverted shock.
0: To me, the front wheel, I want to say it feels more responsive and connected. So, theoretically, there's less weight down there on the wheel, so it can respond better to inputs, feels a little more sharp. And that's just kind of how I would describe it. A little more sharp, a little sharper, and a little more connected. Okay. Versus the in- when you add more weight to it, things seem to slow down a little bit. That's how I would describe it.
1: Yep. Yeah. And, and for those who don't know, the inverted is when they got what the forks turned upside down or right side down.
0: Well, yeah. The the I would say the skinny pieces on the bottom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for the inverted ones.
1: Um. So pay attention to that. You know, if if, you, if you're if you not familiar with the inverted um, shocks, you know, when you're looking at a bike, check that out because that may be a deal breaker for most, but not for some because yeah. they may
0: not know. Yeah, and a quick way to see it if you're in a dealership is when you're looking at the, the Lowrider S, you'll see the lowers are black and then the, the stainless steel part is at the top. Then you go look at the the Pro Street breakout. You'll see the black part is at the top, and then the thinner stainless steel is at the bottom, and that's that's the inverted format. Mm-hmm. But it's still the handling was still pretty nice. Like I said, not a whole lot you can tell at the speeds we were going, but it's enough. It's enough to get a taste for the bike, you know, a little preview, a little essence of what the bike does. Um, so I, I bet this would be a hoot, you know, up in the mountain roads. Especially, yeah, for mid controls.
1: Yeah. So John, what's the price on this? Do you know? Oh, I got it right here. 175 for the low rider.
0: S. That's not bad. And that's a that's a big motor. I mean, you have to give the one ten that. It is a big motor. Yeah. There's that.
1: There's that. But you know with I wonder how safe it feels at that speed though. Yeah, I struggle with this on Harleys myself. Except when I was on the breakout. At anything over eighty miles an hour, it didn't feel safe to me. No? No. And I you know, even at that speed, you know, I just felt like the Harley was giving it all it has. And maybe it was just the bike I had too, but it was Steve's bike. So
0: <laughs> so that's you know. Well that's yeah, it's an older bike, that's what a two thousand.
1: Yeah, so it just seems like yeah. you know it just hit that wall, and that's that's as 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 fast as you need to go, you know. So maybe it's with the older bikes. I still need to take it up there with the the newer bikes, but I don't know. I, I feel that that's with the Harleys. I just feel that you know it just didn't feel safe on that speed. I know other guys probably ride their bikes at ninety miles an hour easily, no problem. Yeah. Um. But, um, for me, it just, it didn't feel safe other than, you know, what bike did feel safe was the V-Rod
0: mm, at, at higher speeds. We're going to get to that later. Yeah. I might have bad news what? for you. You got what? Bad news for me? Yeah. Later. On the V-Rod? Later. what? Yeah, we'll get to it later. later? Oh, okay. All right, all right. I leave a little cool. of suspense. Come on. Uh,
1: all right. All right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. This is... This is interesting. It's a bike I've wanted to ride for a little over a year. I thought I was really going to enjoy it, and I'm sort of torn. I mean, i I did enjoy the way it's set up. That, like I said, the the suspension in the back better than mine. braking in the front and overall suspension better than mine. I don't know if I could deal with the mid controls though, and I don't know if I really want that that much vibration in the engine. This one would not replace my deuce that much. I can tell you. Not, not, okay. a, not as it sits, that's for sure.
1: All right, so explain the whole mid-controls to our listeners.
0: Well, mid-controls meaning the foot pegs are in the middle. <laughs> so your legs fall at pretty much a natural 45-degree angle. That's how I would describe it. And I would say, well, is that technically mid or is these just standard? I may be mislabeling these. I don't
1: know, because that's how I ride my bike.
0: Because would a mid control they, not well, be
1: well? Well, well it, it's somewhat forward. It's kind of in between the two. No, these were not forward. Mm-mm. Yeah, New York, New York, No, this bike, no, for sure, it's not forward. But uh, the road, the Street Glide, the Roadmaster, it, it's somewhere in between the two. Forward and these mids you're talking about.
0: Yeah, they're like. Yeah, I guess they're like standard, maybe a little towards the forward. And I guess you can move your foot around, so you've got options. But, you know, mine, forward controls. Your feet are clearly out in so front of stretched you. Stretched out. Yeah. Yep. And I... Just I, want, just yeah, want I to put would it out say, there for something to leave that... Okay. Yeah, I would still call these mid because my feet were, like I said, my legs, if you looked at them from the side, would just be bent at a 45-degree angle. Yep. So that just means they're just like you're sitting in a chair for the most part. Yeah. And to me, they were too far back because my legs felt cramped to where my knees were up higher than my waist. So it's so, not so comfortable.
1: So anybody with uh, any kind of metal rods in your legs or bad knees, <laughs> Probably this, <not> <laughs> this, this is not the bike. For
0: you. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> nah.
1: I just want to throw it out there and get that uh, some explanation around to make control think for some of our listeners.
0: Yeah. Good, good point. But it looks fantastic. I love the look of this bike. I really like, it. I just don't know that I could ride it. All right. What do we got next, Johnny? He's sleeping. Hold on, let me wake him up. He's like, "Screw you guys!"
1: He's like, I'm going to bed. She ain't got time for this. I, don't know if I got time for this.
2: What do we got
0: next? Hello. Yep. Yeah. We got- oh, we're there. Go ahead, caller. Yeah. Caller, you're you're Maybe. live. You're the fifth caller.
2: So let's see next. Um, did you guys watch the Harley and the Davidson series?
0: Oh, that's going to be cruel to Rico. Oh, yeah, don't
1: tell me. He doesn't have any TV. It, <laughs> uh, I haven't seen it yet. I want to watch it. I've heard so many juicy stories about this
0: movie, so don't <laughs> tell me. Nathan, All right. please. We'll, we'll pin it for another time, but I will just say that I've finished the series. Um, it's pretty good. There are some dramatic things that, well, we'll just leave it at that. It's It is very entertaining to watch.
1: Leave it so do they so they what I'm hearing is uh there's this whole Harley Indian battle in the beginning and
0: now you said you you, didn't, you said you didn't want to know okay okay okay
1: <laughs> but is the, is that kind of stuff it's in there yeah does that how far back how far back does it go to the beginning like uh nineteen oh what one
0: it it starts with uh the two of them in the garage drawing up the first plans. Before there's any bike, yeah, that starts that far back.
2: Holy cow! And all right, Rico, I got to give. Debbie says, "Hurry up and watch it."
0: I got to give you two little pieces, yeah, because we want to talk about it. Right. So it's cool enough watching them draw, design, and build the first engine, which was a single, and the first bike. And it's cool seeing that bike and seeing them sort of refine it and move forward, but then. When he inks the first twin, you know, and and then that sort of paper comes into the camera's focus and you see the very first V-twin, ah, goosebumps. You're just like, oh, there it is. There it is. That's the birth of the V-twin. Ah, that part. Some of that stuff really goosebumps, you know, lump in the throat, makes you want to cry type of thing. It's like, wow, such a good story. That's a good story. Get you all emotional. <laughs> it, it did. It really did. And and honestly, it, it it's kind of cemented some of the stuff that I feel about my Harley. It's like it's like, yeah, that's my bike. Mhm. Yeah. A little pride right there. <laughs> so, I'll get you a copy legally, quote legally. All right. And all right. you got to watch it, even if you have to watch it when you get here and then we can talk about it. All right,
1: let's do that. So, you know, while we're in Barbara, when we come back, we had our drinks and we've recorded, maybe we'll plop that bad boy in and we'll
0: watch it. There we go. So, yeah, if guys who are waiting for us to talk about that, we'll get to it as soon as we get Hogan up to speed. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got a little announcement. We've got a little feedback we want to talk about. And this always put some fuel in the tanks. Um, I even reached out to the person who sent this, but we've got a new five-star review on iTunes. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo! So we want to send big thanks to George Mesa, and I will quote his feedback here on iTunes. He says, Loud Pipes is by far the most entertaining and informative podcast there is. The hosts do a great job of talking about and reviewing all types of motorcycles, from Enduros and Scramblers to Cruisers and Baggers as well as the occasional four-wheeler, which is pretty cool, since as a petrol head, I appreciate anything with wheels and an engine. We agree with that. And he says, really dig the show and recommend it highly. Keep up the good work. So, John, Rico, my hat's off. Thanks, guys. That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. And, and since we're
2: throwing some things out there, we need to take some time and give a shout-out to some of our other friends that
0: are out on the podcast world. We want to first give a nod to Ted over at the Motorcycle Man. This is something he does in his show. And and I told him we were going to do the same and, and reached out to him to let him know and just to give full attribution there. So, so yeah, we just want to say hi to some folks, um, Ted, Tim, and Chris at the Motorcycle Men, and Kevin and Larry over at the Throttled Podcast. And we'll be adding to that list uh, as time goes on. Evening, all. Evening, all. How y'all doing this evening? Frosty mugs, as Rico says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So,
2: shall we hit the U-turn?
1: Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Oh. Before we get there, Uh-oh. I I know we got the whole U-turn thing, and we got a bunch of other stuff to go cover, But I always, I don't know if you guys have heard, but Tesla has come out with their new car.
0: Okay. Do share. Rich <laughs> <laughs> dropping glasses over there. <laughs> oh no! Do tell. Do tell. <laughs>
1: Tesla has come out with their P one hundred D.
0: Put it on me. Put it on me.
1: This thing does zero to sixty in two point five seconds. This is like the third fastest
0: car on the planet right now. Ooh, that is quick. That Can is you quick. imagine? Now, do you have now, to get ludicrous mode for that, or is that out of the box
1: with the that's, 100D? I don't know. If with that car, ludicrous mode probably comes with it standard. If you if you're paying one hundred thirty five thousand dollars for that car, it better come standard. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
0: That's a lot of coin,
1: though. It is, but you know, for all of us regular Joe schmoes, you know, something that fast, we probably don't need anyway. We'll probably kill ourselves.
0: Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so to answer the question, Enrico, the Model S does P one hundred. D does the 2.5 seconds and then the model XP100D with Luricus mode accelerates to zero 060 in 2.9 seconds.
0: And that's
1: mm-hmm. the SUV. That's the SUV. Both really fast cars but
2: wow. Man. And they're saying that the, uh, the S gets 315 miles.
1: Yeah, per charge now. So I think it's like a 25 mile increase. Something like that. It's pretty impressive. Now you can do a whole no, 315 miles per charge.
0: Yep, supercharger included. Now, did um, did you ever find out, because I was kind of following it, trying to understand, if you buy the Model 3, which is not out yet, but are you going to get supercharger with that, or are you going to have to pay for it? Because I heard that that was not going to be free, and that's... That's kind of stinky. Yeah, it's kind of
1: yeah. It is kind of stinky, and I don't know. I have to look into that. Hmm. But yeah, I just hey, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's an upgraded mod, uh, uh, option that you can have added to that car. But yeah, you're right. That would suck if you you're buying that car and you have to pay to get the supercharged thing.
0: Yeah, well, that just
1: means you got to take an extra forty five minutes eating lunch or
0: juicing it up. <laughs> but whatever. Well, if if you don't need to go that fast, there's always the, the Chevy SS, which will go 4.7, zero to 60, and it's $46,000. There you go. Just saying. Just saying. You could do that. Just saying. <laughs> of course, the Corvette Z06 will do it in 2.9. That's
1: $80,000.
0: That battery charge, though. No, but oh man, SAE certified 650 horsepower. Whoop, let's say what? Shut your mouth. You shut your mouth. Take that. (laughs) 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 Oh, Uh, that's
1: good. Mm. All right, now we can do the U turn. All right.
0: Well, we've got all excited about Harley's new Milwaukee 8 for 2017, but we also have to say bye-bye to a few models. Oh, it ain't so rich. So Rico, Switchback, so long. What? The 72, so long. What? Fat Boy Low. ElectroGlide Ultra Low, and Road Glide Ultra CVO. Bye-bye. No. Thin in the herd. Oh my goodness. What are people gonna do? Well, but wait. It's not all bad news. So I was looking at a Harley press release and also going through the lineup for 2017. That's, um, it was, actually it was an article, I think, from RevZilla that started it, but looking at the lineup, you could see that those uh, five were missing. But, the Street Five Hundred and Seven Hundred and Fifty and 750 are now available with ABS and security system, both as factory installed options. Drop the mic. I like that. What? But. <laughs> but then you're still I'll, I'll, riding
1: a Street Yeah, Yeah, you're still riding a Street 500. <laughs> Not that it's a bad thing, but, you know, I'll probably get my wife to ride one of those.
0: Now, all kidding aside, though, my one of my brothers was reaching out to me. and. We were talking about bikes and he doesn't ride, but he's always wanted one. And we were okay. kind of throwing models back and forth and, you know, not everyone's flush with cash like Mr. Hogan. So we can't all get the <laughs> the bad boy Roadmaster. <laughs> and, and as you get looking at pricing, I'm like, you know what? The street 750 is just over seven grand out the door. I'm like, and wow. if you can get ABS on that. Holy cow. Man, what a, a nice, system. yeah. What a nice first Harley. For that, for that money, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. If you buy that bike, would you want to upgrade soon after riding it? You know, after you get the jitters and get comfortable riding it, would you
0: upgrade? I don't know. Probably. I'm gonna ride it. You know what? I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it my mission to go ride to 750 and see how I like it because I, I really hate poo pooing a bike and I've never thrown a leg over it, so I'm gonna do that.
1: Well, if you ride that bike, you got to go ride all the other ones, the triumphs, the all the other ones.
0: So you know, so like we'll, it rich. So maybe we'll do a seventy five hundred dollar roundup. What, what can we buy new for under eight thousand out the door? So you gotta be able to get it out the door for less than eight thousand, brand new, and let's go ride them all. What does Jebby think about that, John? I don't oh. Does he ride to seven fifty? Or did no, he ride he to seven?
1: He probably would. I think he'd be a little too small for or too big for it. Well, that's that's, that's the other thing. You had to be in a certain weight class.
2: (laughs) I mean, I did a a class on the 500, and it was a nice bike. Um, I don't think you're going to like it, Rich, because it had mid-controls. Yeah,
0: I almost dropped it. So you remember the live wire? Oh, yeah. yeah. When I hooked my boot lace on it? I did the same thing. I brought my leg down, and I hooked the bottom of my pant leg on that mid-control. It was almost the end of me.
1: Yeah. Wait a minute. Do you
0: have Harley boots? Not anymore. I used to. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> i had a problem get my pick my foot up because i kept hitting the uh, peg
0: yeah me too every time i brought my foot up i would knock the peg forward yeah and i thought it was a kickstand so so that that was interesting but i gotta try it i'm gonna take street 750 out give it a good honest ride and we'll report back Huh. So that security system, does it come with like a key
1: fob, that key fob new technology they're putting on the bikes?
0: Yeah, yeah what, yep, oh, yep. Hands-free, proximity-based key fob. Wow.
2: Jebby said that's a great idea, and he would try the 750, but probably won't fit. Mm. All
0: right. Got to try it on for size.
2: I mean, I think, I think the 750 for somebody new, I think it would work well for a person for a couple of years. Now the 500, I think you'll be done in a year.
0: Yeah, we'll mm-hmm. see. I mean, the 750, is not, it's not a small engine, but we'll right. see.
2: And then, there, and then there's another rumor floating around, Rico.
0: Oh, uh, another Sorry, Rico. one. But oh, wait, yeah. so, well, let's preface. It is just a rumor. I can't find anything official. Okay. Yeah, but, but I think
2: it's true. But I think the V-Rod is going away. Might, what? Might be the last production year of the V-Rod. Oh no!
1: Yeah. Somebody better let Tim know too. Cause Ted know cause he <laughs> he he likes his bike too. So it's funny you didn't mention it in this uh, model kill off two thousand seventeen list here.
0: Well, because I can't I can't find it officially. I'm I'm seeing all okay. sorts of rumor about it, and you know we don't usually like to talk about rumor, but this one's just near and dear to your heart. So I figured yeah, I'd throw it out there. That's and- that's a shame. Yeah.
1: I mean, wow. Because that's a great bike. You know, you got the Porsche engine.
0: I don't know why they keep calling it a Porsche engine though. They, they, yes. they were. A, think of the way I would think of Porsche in regard to the V Rod is the way Pratt and Miller is with Modus. They were a design partner. Mm-hmm. It's like Porsche does not produce the engine for Harley, as far as I know. They were a design partner.
1: Yeah, I heard something. I don't know if it was an internet or in a conversation. And some guy was saying he would never own one because Porsche made the motor.
0: Oh, well. More 911s for me.
2: <laughs> well, I know somebody that has a V-Rod and they like it.
0: Yeah. It's, I, I, it's a fun bike. I, I it considered is. it before I bought the Deuce. I considered it. Rode one all the way to New York City and back from Boston in a day. I didn't go that far. In a day. But I enjoyed it. Cool. All right. A little Patreon update before we close down. Say what? We need some sort of Patreon sound effect. You know, like uh, an engine or, I don't know, pipes. What can we use? Make us something, Rico. So quick uh, Patreon update. We have shuffled around the rewards a little bit. And this is mainly just around, I'm going to say, a level of effort. So one of the perks we have, uh, we've coined our phrase as the private social network. So that was something that was available at the one dollar level in addition to um, the extra stuff we post on Patreon. so you get the downshift show, which is what we record after the show and it's just sort of unfiltered, unedited, and we just basically we just record and drop the file out there. So it's you know it's us chatting after the show. It's usually about the topics, kind of like run-on conversation. If we've got a guest, they usually hang out and banter a little bit and you know sometimes it's production details you know what are we doing what are we working on it's things like that but it's it's casual it's kind of think of it as behind the scenes and and unedited so that's still in there at the one dollar level and anything else that we post extra pictures videos any additional links that we post on patreon will all still come in at that one dollar level and we are still um or we still greatly appreciate that support level but the The private social network, we've moved up to the $5 level. And like I said, it's really just a level of effort. We're spending quite a bit of time in there. We're having a great time, but it is sort of time consuming. So we just felt that that sort of level of access needed to move up a notch. So we've done that and we only had one. So Micah was at the $1 level. We've grandfathered him in uh, to the private network so he can continue to hang out there. No problem. And we've got our monthly call coming up. This weekend, which will be September 25th, that's a monthly production call that also starts at the $5 level, and this is a great time. We get together on Google Hangouts, and we just chat, share ideas about the show, we take feedback, uh, things that people are looking for, things they like, didn't like. It is the direct conduit uh, to how the show operates, and you can sort of think of these guys as like mini-producers. They can come to us with ideas or gripes, and we will do our best to, to make it right. So, good time. And barbershop details are coming together. So, one thing I just want to put out there is, if you're interested, check the Patreon site, or just check our site, loudpipes.net slash donate. And if you are going to Barber this year, find us. Message us in any way you know how. Twitter, Facebook, email, carrier pigeon, whatever. But find us at Barber. We will have some swag to give out. And it's pretty cool stuff. So, if you're in Barber, you need to find us this year. Yep. Go ahead, John.
2: No, I was just going to throw that out about the, you know, the swag. It's coming along, and it's going to be pretty cool. Let's
0: just say yeah. still, two really cool items that go hand-in-hand hand with a beverage. Huh? <laughs> huh? Huh? <laughs> and Rich, what
2: events we got coming up?
0: Oh, events, events, events. So Harley's Open House is this weekend. I believe that starts on the 23rd. That's at Dealers Nationwide. If you weren't on the pre-VIP list, like me, then you can go out and ride the 2017 to this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it was open to the public. I got no special access. <laughs> and we got something going on in October? Or, no, we don't, right? No, yeah, we do. Oh, we do. What is that thing? Two weeks away, too. It's called, two weeks is... Oh, wow. Are I'm you so ready, excited. Rico?
1: Yeah, I, I am so ready.
2: We're going to barber. Barber. <laughs> Did you say Barber? Doom,
1: doom, doom. We did. <laughs> we did. And everybody's like, well, see, no one really appreciates Barber <laughs> because they haven't been there. You know, you have to go to experience Barber.
0: They're like you know, enough they're, with Barber
1: already. I know, right? Probably That's all we talk about because it's awesome. So if
0: you yeah. haven't gone, go
2: it, to experience. And our plan for Barber to let everybody know is we're aiming to put a show out every day.
0: Yeah, some some kind of audio and or video will will come out from us every day at barber starting on Thursday the fourth evening. Is that the fourth? Yeah.
2: Nope, it's the sixth. Mm, okay, whatever the Thursday is. <laughs>
0: it's the sixth, my friend. Okay. I leave the details to John because I am no good at it. All right, so yeah, audio. Like I said, audio and or video every day will be posted. Um, video obviously will not go into the podcast feed that would just be audio uh, anything we do video will go into youtube or we may stream it live uh, most likely on either youtube live or periscope which is connected with twitter so if you have the periscope app keep that handy follow Dub studios and that's where you will find us most likely for barber we can also do audio through mixler we have this. Conduit here if anyone's listening live again tonight. We know uh Jebby, one of our patrons, is on there, so want to say hi to him. And that is uh labpipes.net slash live if you want to catch us. We're trying to knock down knock down <laughs> We're trying to yeah. lock down a regular night for the live recordings, but it it's just not working out. It's it's Tuesday night now. We were trying to do Thursdays, we've done Sundays, we're kind of all over the place. But just watch our Twitter feed or the Facebook page and And you'll know when we go live. And of course, if you follow us on Mixler, then you'll get alerts through the app when we are live. All right, gentlemen, anything else before I close it down? Uh, That's it, my friend. I think we did
2: a good job tonight.
0: All right. One more thing. I would like to thank the Riders of Loud Pipes, who are, of course, our patrons for their continued support. And that would be our first five Riders, Marcus, Rickard, Mr. Anderson, Jebby, and Zion. And let's not forget our most recent ride, our Micah. And you really owe it to yourself to check out the perks that we offer. It's, there's some pretty cool stuff out there. And that's at loudpipes.net slash donate. And why not sign up? Give it a try. Like we said, as little as $1. Get some of the behind-the-scenes things, the downshift, some additional posts. And if you bump it up to 5 it gets even better with the private social network um, and the monthly hangout. Also, if you'd like an official Loud Pipes t-shirt, make your way over to loudpipes.net slash merch. It's a really nice shirt at a reasonable price, and it also provides a little support for the show, which is greatly appreciated. Additional information for the episode, including links and images, can be found on the website, loudpipes.net slash 58. And you'll find there also links for leaving us feedback, subscribing to the show, and following us on social media. Mr. Hogan? Yeah (laughs) Champilla Time to ride out (laughs) Let's do this Brutus Alright Kickstands up Take care John Later everyone Thanks for joining Nice This has been an r Studio production. Check us out at rdubstudios.com, iTunes, or Stitcher Radio.